Hello and welcome once again to the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast. This is your host, Damien, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, where the f*** have y'all been? We've been busy. We've been really busy here in Oklahoma City. We've got a lot of cool shit going on. And, and we were away in Vegas for a bit, and we didn't record anything out there because we saw the intimidating rack of equipment that people brought along to record their shows, and we thought, oh shit, we're, can't, we're not even going to try to compete with this. But we did meet some really interesting people there, and one of them is Steve Hill. Steve Hill is a comic. He is not to be confused with Stephen Hill, uh, who operates out of the UK. And Steve, he, he really makes you think. He's always trying to give you something profound or controversial to think about. So I, I would like to give fair warning to everybody who's listening, uh, if you're the kind of person that is at all sensitive, if, if you're the kind of person that finds uh, finds these things to be potentially offensive, this is probably not the episode for you. We've got some really good, uh, boring, science episodes back in the archives. You might want to go check those out. They're, they're great, but this one might not be for you. If you, if you like uh, difficult conversations about race, about sex, about politics, religion, all the things that your mother told you not to talk about, then this might well be the episode for you. Enjoy the show. What are we, what are, what are we talking about today? Well, we, whenever I met you in, at the uh, party, you want to talk about the secular, the blackout secular rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that a little too, but it's so much interesting stuff in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it's all, it's all yeah. kind of stuff going on. Let's let's wait. Should, should we even do that? Oh my god! Yeah, we gotta touch on the Trayvon Martin case. Come on. Oh boy. Uh, how often? Oh. How, how often do you guys have African atheist like, comics on here? Like uh, never. Well, <laughs> we had Jamila Bay. She's kind of a comedian. Yeah, we did have Jamila Bay on here. Yeah, that's my girl. You know, I did a I did a show in uh, D.C. for the uh, Secular uh, Coalition. She said in the she said in the front row. So yeah, okay, it all it, it's all coming together now. She'll be at the uh, she'll be at the rally. She better be. That place uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun out there in New York. Well, yeah, let's talk about the rally. What's the concept there? You know, it's only like nine of us nationwide. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is just a uh, day to uh, celebrate and acknowledge and recognize uh, people who really believe in the separation of church and state of color. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's just kind of like your your minority celebration of atheism. Wow. That's okay. So there'll be activists, poets, musicians, yeah, comics. Be, act, there we go. Yes, yes indeed. And you're gonna uh, be the host? I got a buddy I got a uh, buddy Daryl Smith is actually gonna be speaking. He's a That's black right. non believer out of Atlanta. He's a doctor, he's written books, he's hung, hung out with him a couple of times. Really great guy. I can't wait to hear him give him his uh speech. I know it's gonna be ground shaking. <laughs> Isn't there an activist group down there in Atlanta? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's where um Mandisa. Mandisa Thomas is out of and she's the one of the uh I would I would say uh, co-producers of this extravaganza that we're getting ready to partake into. She's out of Atlanta. Right on. Do you do you know Victor Harris perchance? Victor he'll he'll Harris. be Victor Harris will be one of the appearances at the rally. Yeah, but I have no, but I have the I have the whole lineup. I've uh, next week I'm gonna start uh, practicing to make sure I don't screw up anyone's name or nothing like that. Write out all the material, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over and uh, quickly research. 
every speaker because I, I don't know every speaker. I didn't even know that there were people doing things, you know, but that's one of the uh, great things about social media. You can uh, hook up with people and get together and unite and, and strengthen your own cause on social media. I mean, it's 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 basically overturning governments in, in other places. So the strength of social media is just absolutely wonderful. It, it's amazing how um, how we can connect to each other like we couldn't before. We were all like closeted non-believers, and now we all know each other. Right, right. Uh, as, uh, the reason I brought up Victor is if you want to if you want to hear what he sounds like when he's doing spoken word, uh, you can go back in the Oklahoma Atheist podcast archives to episode 47. It's really let excellent. Me write that, let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> let me Skype you the link real quick. Okay, it's, that would be that would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fun. I, I met him at Skepticon. I'm like, well, you want to, you know, you want to do some, you want to do some spoken word right now? And he's he's like, hell yeah. So were you absolutely entertained with his spoken word? Well, I mean, you know, for me, it's like a, a fresh, new, amazing experience. But I don't. You yeah. Know, what yeah, do I know? Totally. What do I know from spoken word? You know. No. <laughs> no, I was I was curious because I've I've only I've never seen it performed live except once in L.A. Yeah. And I thought it it was it was like this medium that's like, wow, that, that was like better than rap right? or hip hop. I oh, yeah. yeah. We talked about that. We said, what's the difference between spoken word and hip hop? Because I mean, some of uh, what he did was so rhythmic. They a, they, sometimes they put a really bad beat behind it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I could go back and do that. I have the ability to edit the file. So I, <laughs> if you have any bad beats, I could put, you know, I could put that back there. And, yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is going to be a very entertaining show. And it's free. Did free. I tell you the price? It's free. And it's <laughs> going to be outside. July outside. 7th. Yes, outside. So that's coming up. July 27th on uh, Saturday in Flushing Meadow Park in Queens. New York. Yes, indeed. Right. I mean, everyone knows where Flushing Meadow is, right? Obviously. It's in that song. Look, if you don't know where it is, you're probably not going to drive in. <laughs> right. Now, people people going to fly in, right? It's going to be okay. people doing everything. It's going to be people being dropped off by drones. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, I'm sure you know that there's a, you know, there's some controversy in the atheist world, and there's a lot of discussion about how we can be, become more than just, you know, white old guys that makes up this movement. Is this, you know, this seems like a big well, deal to me. This rally is. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is one of the reasons I've uh, volunteered my time and services to it because it's a way of. Uh, Uniting people, waking people up, letting letting other atheists know that uh, there's others, you know, at same closet, which I'm sure in African American communities most would have to stay closeted or come under heavy scrutiny and discrimination by other African Americans. At least that's what what I experienced. Well, mm-hmm. you gotta tell us more because we don't hear I don't hear this story very often. What was it like for you being a you know a closeted non-believer? Well, I, I really wasn't closeted, but I, I understand. The feeling, I, it, I would imagine, yeah, it would be just like uh, homosexuals, because once you're once you're subjected, you know, once you're outed per se, you're going to be immediately per- projecting uh, this this essence of inferiority, I would say, and a lot of people can't handle that, huh. you know, especially in the African American community where where you need support. If you don't like if you don't like black people who discriminate you because you're atheist. You're going to be down to very few black people to even talk to. Mm. That's just that's just the truth of the story. Very discriminatory, very very, and that that would make me say very hypocritical, 
because if anyone should understand how it feels like to be discriminated against, it should be black people. So for them to turn around and discriminate against their own, it's like asinine to me. Right on. Uh, my, our friend Charlie has, has a theory or more of a, a recurring rant about why this happens. He, he feels like the, the black community is so – uh, they feel so indebted uh, to the civil rights movement, which they see as com- you know completely rooted in the churches, and so that sen- that sense of community is in the churches, but not just the sense of community, but also that sense of historical continuity. Like they, if it wasn't for the churches, they wouldn't have got to where they are now, and that's why they're so faithful to Christianity uh, as as a community. Is, do you think that Charlie's barking up the right tree there? Of course, of okay. course, and it, it you know, and at at one time. There was a need for churches. Yeah. You know, because we use churches to um, for social gatherings, passing along critical and vital information like how to escape to the north. <laughs> good. <laughs> but good we have, right? yeah, yeah. We have Facebook now. You, know, <laughs> you have to stay contemporary to the times. You have to use the tools that are afforded to you to create opportunities that you need right here, right now and today, you know. I actually think my perspective on that is I think that if you have not totally emancipated your thought process and your mind, you're basically still a slave. You're Mm. you're basically still under the influence of your masters. You guys understand that? Are we are we getting too deep for your show? No, no, no. That's good. It's uh, Nietzsche. If I, if I may, if you want to, we're gonna get all philosophical. Nietzsche said that Christianity is rooted in slave morality, a slave mentality. It's, uh, and and Paul, Paul of Tarsus wrote in the Epistle, "I am a slave to Christ." So that's like the whole, the whole thing is about servility, right? I think the whole Bible, the whole premise of the Bible is is slavery and and how to how to keep your slaves obeying you. And that that's right in there too. So, you know, I can't I can't I, I'm the last person you'll hear quoting the Bible because I have never, ever taken the time out of my life to try to read, you know, more than a line or two. It's like I can get through like a line or two. And then after like the third or fourth vow or something, I'm through with it. It's a total total waste of time, like a prehistoric book to me. Have you always felt that way or did you grow out of it? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much since I was eight years old. Damn. This old fucked up poem my, my mother made me do. And I was like, this is such bullshit. I don't believe this at all. And I was only eight at the time. So whatever that religion gene, it it totally devoid of that, that gene in my body. Do you have a big family? Yeah. Yeah. Are they all religious? Uh, I've never heard my brother say say nothing about, you know. But, you know, in the African-American community, you don't, you don't talk about stuff like that. Because, right. you know, you would automatically become under under someone else's judgment yeah so you kind of you know keep it keep it to yourself but that's what this whole rally is about we're going to try to get people to free themselves free their minds and become independent thinkers and totally responsible and and be able to make good moral decisions and and have good ethics without having to go to church to give some some guy driving a bentley 10 percent of your money (laughs) <laughs> so uh we want if people want to learn more about the rally is that um is that black nonbelievers.wordpress.com or is there another site they can go to for that uh i know there's a, there's an event page on on facebook and i'm pretty sure there's a website but i can i can uh i can get you guys all that information and you can uh yeah we'll put on the notes we'll put in the show notes the notes in the show but it's going to be epic come on man what do you what do you guys think about the trayvon martin case the, the verdict uh. <laughs> 
Oh, do we want to do let's, this? Do, man. Let's, talk about some, let's talk about some substance here. I don't know. I mean, I stayed away from it for so long, but like... Okay, every every everyone at this point, if you're if you're breathing in America, you have an opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, I broke while we were on Pam. You know that. Yeah, I've been trying to really avoid having an opinion on it because I don't. I haven't, yeah, but they I haven't studied they, it. They didn't stop the news because we were all in Tam. <laughs> that shit kept on happening. <laughs> well, I don't I don't have an opinion on the case until I've looked at it really hard, and I I, I can't say that I've looked at this one hard enough. Yeah, I haven't looked at yeah, their exhibits. Yeah. I haven't listened to all the 911 calls. I haven't. I listened to that first call, that one to the non-emergency line. But uh-huh. there's there's a lot. I I I'm a skeptic. I've I've got to do a lot of research before I can form an opinion. You know. Okay. I know that's really boring, yeah. but that's that's how I work. Yeah, like I'm recruiting you for jury duty. <laughs> no, well that that's how you get out of jury duty right there. You say that you know. I know, I know. You just got yourself on for an eight-week stint, fella. <laughs> Going no. through the appeals process. I can get out of jury duty every time. I just I know what to do. I just tell them I'm I'm against the drug war, and I I read the New Yorker, right right there in the jury room, and then they, they assume I'm a bleeding heart liberal, and I get let go. Yeah, that'll that'll get you kicked out of there. Yeah, they, they just they can just tell. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I have yet to serve on a jury, but I really uh, at this point I kind of wish I could. <laughs> don't don't worry, you'll you'll make it you'll make it one day. I don't know. I don't know what works in the blue states. In the red states, you just you just pick some liberal magazine like the Ordinary Reader and sit there and read it in the jury room, and they will not pick you. Yeah, I, I just tell them I'm a I'm a, a former uh, peace officer, and I, I'm usually out of there within like five minutes. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. You think you have too much knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably. It's, it's <laughs> like okay, I can de- detect the bullshit in this story. <laughs> well, f- forget about my inability to form an opinion. What, what's your take on it? What's my take on it? Yeah, my take on it is uh, Trayvon Trayvon Martin is a martyr, and there should be there should be a statue put up next to the atheist monument in Florida, <laughs> with him wearing wearing a hoodie, because when when uh, George Zimmerman said he was he was describing or, or he was talking to dispatch, and he said they always get away. When he used the word they, he was talking about every black man in America at that point. And that's when it that's when it turned to a malicious intent that you can tell what's in his mind. Because when you're chasing one kid and use the word they, you're really a sick son of a bitch. Huh. So yeah, he should have he should have been convicted on that alone. Unlike that. Let me uh, now let me tell you let me tell you another thing. Everyone can come to a consensus or everyone can agree that someone was screaming for their life that night. Everyone, everyone that's well established, well documented, someone was screaming for their life. Mm-hmm. Now, after the gunshot, and this is, you can hear this on audio. After the gunshot, the person that was screaming for their life stopped screaming. Who was still alive? At the scene with a gun in their hand after that. Who's George? Yeah, I, I I tried I tried to listen. I couldn't I couldn't make it out. There was all that. I did I did listen to one of those. And it was, <laughs> no no it's like it's like way deep in the background. I couldn't tell what the hell was going on. Yeah it, well it, it came out pretty clear on 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 my TV. Yeah that's 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 my take on it. Oh, you guys man. should be in jail. Simple as that. 
your neighborhood watch. You don't need to watch with a gun. You're just watching. You're, you're the eyes and the ears of the police in the community. That's what neighborhood watch does. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not called neighborhood pursue and kill or shoot. But that's just my take on it. I'm just one man. Um, and this this could get really bad if I started down this path. Like, okay, so Zimmerman had a bloody nose and he had contusions in the back of his head. Uh-huh. You, uh, would you say that he probably that he probably started the fight and just sucks at fist fighting or? Pretty pretty much. <laughs> he like pretty he's much. like, hey, come up to him and then just get the shit beat out of him and he's like, wait, I'm losing really bad. Right. Well, it really hasn't really can't be established the 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 confrontation before them that preceded the physical altercation mm-hmm. really can't really can't be established and it's only one person alive that knows what happened yeah right. and he's at home right now so but isn't, isn't that the problem with okay with with okay i don't mean about this specific case i mean like any altercation where one person shoots the other dead that's that's always going to be the case there's one survivor and he's going to he's going to claim self-defense right i mean even if that's not his idea. His defense lawyer will say that's what you're, you're going to say. Right. right. And, you know, and just just by the by the way, you know, on Trayvon Martin, they really couldn't find any any physical evidence, any skin on his knuckles or anything that would be conducive to having a intense physical impact with someone's nose. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Zimmerman to lay down on the ground and bam his head against the concrete and hit himself in the nose. I wouldn't put it past him. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's um that's really forward thinking on his part. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're looking forward to a jury trial. You think oh, I've got to look like this is self defense, so I'm smash right, my face I mean, up a bit. You never know. No, no one knows. So it's a, it's an interesting case. At least it it makes the country uh, more conscious of. You know, there's there's deep-rooted racial issues in the country, and oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's really disturbing the way that you know the way that Trayvon was profiled and followed. I think that's very disturbing. But you just said we don't we don't know, like right. we don't know. So right. isn't isn't that reasonable doubt or is that not reasonable doubt? Yeah, it's it's reasonable. It's reasonable. But if we look at all of the evidence in its entirety, a even a skeptic person would probably lean to the conclusion that the kid didn't have to die. Well, no, he, did, he didn't have kid to did die. He didn't have to die. No. He did. Um, if, like, if, if we know at some point they confronted each other. We don't know who started it. This right. It could have been a it could have been a war of words. It could have been like, what are you doing? Well, you know, look at, uh, was it Rachel's testimony? Uh-huh. And now I sound like I do know what I'm talking about a little bit, but I'm still, I'm still uh, talking out of my ass. Uh, Rachel's testimony, she's, you know, they, she got that dialogue in there where uh, Trayvon says, what are you following me for, right? Right. And Good George question. Says, now, right. at, that, George- at that point, at that point, excuse me, this is Sorry. critical what you just said. At that point, why wouldn't George Zimmerman just identify yourself? Give me the respect to identify yourself to tell me who I'm speaking with. But mm-hmm. I don't think he afforded him the opportunity to even know who he was. Well, according to Rachel, it was, it was, what are you following me for? And then George says, what are you, what are you doing around here? And then after that, it, it, there's no more dialogue. There's no more like, I live here, asshole. What's your problem? Right. It, it goes straight to pushing right. and fighting after that. Right. And we don't and my know. My question would have been, who the f*** 
for you. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a reasonable <laughs> question. Yeah, some creepy guy. Come on, you, you gotta admit, if you're a, if you're a kid and some uh, some guys like dude is chasing you in the rain, you don't even know who he is. You'd be scared to death. I know when you caught up with me, shit, I'd be ready to fight for my life. But I, I wouldn't know you had a gun. Yeah, right? I kind of agree with that. But no, I mean, I, there's every reason for, for Trayvon to, to feel threatened there. I yeah. Can. Yeah, I mean, that's what it scared the hell out of me. All right. So I kind of want to talk more about, I, I looked up, there was this article on Psychology Today about the blackout rally. And it's not going to be exactly about the blackout rally. But the Psychology Today article talked about um, black history and, and free thought. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I never, I pride myself on knowing history, but I didn't know anything about these figures. Well, I knew something about W.B. Du Bois. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew something about him. I knew he was a skeptic and a critic, but I didn't really know much about anybody else. Well, neither did I. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, these things may have may have really come out or come to the forefront long after they, they are deceased or passed away. Absolutely. But those are the kind of the things that back in the day, back in the 50s and 60s, you would never let that out. <laughs> no. Not not you being get, no. You get but, called a communist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, even even the people in Du Bois's inner circle, I'm sure they all had to have like a security clearance to keep his mouth shut about how he felt about not going to church or loving the Lord and and you know, especially with Martin Luther King and being so prevalent and active, you know, in, in the civil rights movement. Yeah. It's like this country, we like if you're going to be African American and do anything, we like our reverends and our preachers. <laughs> yeah. You know, Martin, Martin, Reverend Martin Luther King, Reverend Jesse Jackson, Al Reverend Sharpton. Al Sharpton, who both made viable runs for the presidency of the United States. You know, at least they stayed in the primaries for for a little while and got some attention. Yeah. But like Malcolm X, he's not he's not seen as some great activist. You know, fighting for equal rights and civil rights. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, was taught, I, was, I was taught nothing in school about Malcolm X. What do you think about the the thesis that uh, you, every MLK needs a Malcolm X? Someone out there on the edge, uh, the bleeding edge, being fairly radical to show just how reasonable and conciliatory the moderate reformers are. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we should have a, a, a more rebellious voice, something other than. Just peaceful demonstration or peaceful civil disobedience, nonviolent. That was that was Martin Luther King's thing, which it should be. He's a, he's a reverend. But yeah, I th- think there's also a place for a dissenting vote. Every it's, we're not just one big monogamous happy black people. You know, there's differences. There's segmented beliefs in any one ethnic group. So yeah, I think I think it's necessary. I know the things that that I'm saying on stage. <laughs> A lot of times I can't even perform in front of a black audience. They look at me like I'm cursing them out. Oh, wow. Is that because because of the secular and free thought and skeptical ideas they bring to it? Right. Damn. You know, I have jokes. I have jokes that you I, you wouldn't you wouldn't say in church. I'll just say. Yeah, I, I have a whole thing about, you know, I have about uh, 15 minutes of material that. You know, you see some people laughing. You see some people just looking with their mouth open. Like, I can't believe you're saying that shit on stage. But, yeah, you know. 
Yeah, I've heard that very big African American fan base yet. <laughs> oh man, where can where can we find more? Right now, the listeners curious about where we can see more of your work. Should we search your name on YouTube? Look for Steve Hill on YouTube, or do you have a website? Uh, people yeah, should I just at? have I just have uh, one. I think it's about a 15 minute clip where I headlined a, a old show a couple of years ago, and uh, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. Mm-hmm. It was a really good show, but it's under uh, Steve Hill Comic on YouTube. Okay. And, it's uh, really good. I watched it. It was really funny. We'll put that in the link bar or the show notes. Yeah, but you know, because news situations and and things happen every day, I find myself writing and changing and altering my material almost you know weekly. That's great. Which keeps you know which keeps you really busy <laughs> because you have to practice, practice, practice before you get on stage. So. But yeah, it's it's fun. I, I love being a uh, comedian for the forty-seven percent. Can you tell me what? Can you tell me what it's like to be a comedian? Because I gotta tell you, that's gotta be the scariest thing I could imagine ever doing myself. Yeah, it's like showing up to school without your clothes, as far as Absolutely. I can tell. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> you pretty you pretty much nailed it with that one. <laughs> it's a recurring nightmare. I have a few recurring nightmares. That's like yeah, yeah. yeah you never get. Well, I haven't. I've, I've been doing this for some for some years now, but you never get totally totally comfortable on stage, and I think that's what keeps you pushing. You know, keeps your keeps your act sharp because you you don't want to ever mess up on stage. Oh my God. Ever. <laughs> you have the light shining in your face, microphone in your hand, and everyone's attention is on you. And I, you know, I grew up. I grew up painfully shy. Oh, man. I mean, painfully. I didn't even have a girlfriend in, in, in high school. Nothing. None of that. Because I was just so shy. That is hard to so believe. To do, yeah, to, to do that, to do, to do it is the adrenaline rush, the first time you do it is, like, amazing. It, it has to be, like, you know, skydiving because the adrenaline is just the energy from the crowd, the people. When, you, when people start laughing, it's amazing. So... I suggest you go to one of your local open mics and uh, let them have it. <laughs> They'll let me have it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine just trying to generate laughter on its own. You know, just go up there and no one's laughing. They're just staring at you. And you just got to yeah. start. Well, start hopefully there's a two-drink minimum, you know. Yeah, really. Any yeah. Luck. They've had a couple. At least. <laughs> yeah, well, that helps. That helps. <laughs> Speaking of, of drinking and, uh, and comics, uh, you ran into a bunch of other comics at TAM, right? Yes, yes. I mean, I was like, I was amazed at how often I'd be like, you know, what do you do? Uh, and they'd say, I'm a comic or I'm a magician or I'm a comical magician. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like those comical magicians. <laughs> it's it's kind of like amazing. You're, you're, you're getting two acts in one. It's pretty good. I like that. Well, there's so many, there were so many out there. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, there's you and um, Dave DeLuca. Dave DeLuca, Paul Provenza, Father Guido, Sarducci himself. Yes, Emery Emery. All, all, all of which are my friends. Yeah, Heather's, Heather's a ball of fire. Oh my God, she is. Holy shit! Can you believe she got that tattoo? Oh my God. Yeah, I looked at that. I asked her. I asked her like, how old is that? It looked like she just just came straight from the shop. Yeah, it did. Oh, we should describe I'm, I'm, to the audience what we're talking about. Of, we're, we yeah. haven't done. Sorry, that. on her chest, just above her dress uh, line. I'm proud of her. Chest, she had ardent atheist on her, which is the show that she she co 
co-hosts uh, with Emery Emery. Look, I love exactly. doing this show, Chaz, but I'm never going to tattoo it across my oh, chest. Oh, you. What? <laughs> I've already got your sister's name on there. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I know. It's some dedication. I mean, I hope that show works out. It keeps going. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll be fine. They're, they're doing fine. <laughs> I uh, I knew a guy who had a Netscape tattoo. See that that was not a good investment. At all. Oh. <laughs> That's a bad move. Well, now it's a history lesson. <laughs> kind of is. Yeah, I think he's trying to get that one scrubbed off. <laughs> <laughs> he probably has by now. I mean, there. Never mind. I'm not gonna talk about that. So so what is it that attracts comic skepticism? Is there something inherent about about the field of comedy? I think it's just the the the. The, the realism part of it. It's like, come on, nobody's got time for games. And, you know, we, we want to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. You know, everything, everything basically, you know, like the media, everything puts smoke screens in front of people and, and puts a facade on and, and want to give you information that's that's actually from some oblique angle that never hits you head on with, with good information that we need. So it's good to be skeptical about things. I think you really can't be a good comic until you're skeptical about and you're questioning everything and you're thinking a, a different way that that other people can also relate to at the same time. So, yeah, that that that, that makes a good comic. I think that's why I'm, all the atheist comics I've seen are pretty, pretty damn sharp. I mean, but, what, what makes a comic is that you deconstruct something that everyone looks at but doesn't look at very closely. They just kind of pass over it and you're over there and you deconstruct it and you you show it for what it really is and. Right. Got to make make those very astute observations. Yeah. The yeah, ones yeah. that get by ones that get by the typical mortal man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is I mean that is the uh, the essence of skepticism is to say, you know, have you thought about this really hard? And right. the, uh, the essence of comedy I think is have you thought about this and isn't this ridiculous? So as you're you're throwing yeah. it, you know, and have I, you have you have you looked at it this way? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It I actually like shocks part. me that more comics aren't atheists. I, I'm always surprised when they don't make a stand. Yeah, but you know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you about that. I think more comics are atheists. Like I'm really, I'm really, really ashamed of our current crop of African American comics who tell jokes but basically say absolutely f-ing nothing. Yeah. That's relevant, like about our our, our social condition, mm-hmm. our status here in America. How 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 fucked up everything is if you're if you're especially if you're African American male you guys are only hearing part of the story with this Trayvon Martin case there's a there's a, a whole nother segment of that stereotype and and media interpretation of the African American male and one of of which people never admit but you know not not only do they think we all play basketball we all rap we we are all thugs but but there's a, another category that they try to put us into and that is one of being less intelligent than mm. other people, which absolutely irritates the fuck out of me, because you know to be in, to be insulted, insulted like that about your intelligence is like the worst insult a person could ever get. Mm. Like I don't I don't I don't care if you discriminate against me because of my race, that's just showing your ignorance. But when you automatically interpret me coming down the street as being someone that is inferior in knowledge to you. And that's that's a real, you know, that's a real dehumanizing effect on a person. Put it like that. I hear that. Uh, I was going to make a point about where Puerto Ricans lie on the bell curve, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. 
we're I mean we we got the worst treatment of anybody on that book. I'm, I'm just saying. You Puerto Rican? <laughs> yeah, you can't tell by listening to me. Nah, no. I, had a, I, had a, no, I had a Puerto Rican girlfriend from New York. She she doesn't sound nothing like you. <laughs> a New Yorkin. Yeah. Well, I've been living in Oklahoma for a long time. Yeah, your shit done wore off. It, yeah, yeah, it's true. True <laughs> enough. You better quit hanging out at them truck stops. <laughs> I tell them that all the time. Yeah. We just last night, uh, a friend of mine, truck driver, gave a, a talk on metaphysics and blew everyone's mind. It's kind of amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you get anything at those truck stops. Those love truck stops. <laughs> <laughs> what? Man, I be seeing, I be seeing women selling, selling items. I need. <laughs> I think we've thing. been. I think I've been going to the wrong truck stops. Intim- intimate evenings with Sheila from from the forty going west. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love going through Oklahoma. <laughs> Next time you're here, we'll have to hang out. It's really it's great. You know Oklahoma has a history. You know that, right? Uh, of, Tulsa. Of like bombing what, people, or what are we talking what, about? What's that 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 African American town? Was it Lemonwood or something like that? Winniewood. Lemonwood or Cottonwood. There was a there was a town there of early settlers african-american after slavery they came and they had their own businesses and stores and schools and it was across the tracks and one one evening some event occurred and all the whites went and chased all the black people away uh, yeah that? no i i do know something about that i don't remember what town it is but yeah i uh, i was just oh, reading with that yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm trying to get a confession out of y'all or something come on yeah, help uh, <laughs> No, it's Steve, Steve, I'm from Chicago. I, I didn't cover this. And, uh, All right. Sorry. I do remember that, but we do have – I know for sure there was a Tulsa race riot where yeah. an Af- you know, a black guy was accused of touching a woman in an elevator, and then they said that he raped her. That's and then that's, that's what started the whole incident. And then they ran they, – they ran everybody off. They moved him into the, uh, the Tulsa part of town. They called it like Black Street, which is kind of like the Wall Street – for the black people, because it, like, it was their financial district. Right. And they burned that shit down. Burned it to the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they even killed a um, a National Guard troop, and he was black, and he was part of that, too. Yeah. yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> One of the worst things ever. And they were lynching people. And was, <laughs> that's the blackest part of our history in Oklahoma. Was Excuse me. Was that no pun intended? That was. No- it really was. It, re- <laughs> it really was no pun intended. I was going to let it go. <laughs> I can't believe you, man. I'm calling in. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have y'all arrested. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was called Black Wall Street. It was the Greenwood District. Greenwood. There we go. There we. It's it's really terrible. And you might be surprised to learn we didn't cover it very heavily in uh, our mandatory Oklahoma history seventh grade curriculum. That probably didn't make the news. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe it got a little better by the time I got around. Seriously, though, could you guys consider how much brutality, especially after the emancipation of the slaves, could you imagine the brutality that was going on at that time? That, that of course, never made the history books. No. Not easily. Not well. There's even a story of Woody Guthrie, because he's from here, of course. Mm -hmm. And he saw, he witnessed a, a. uh, a black mother and her son uh, uh, lynched on a bridge. And it was at that point, I think I believe it was Woody Guthrie, but yeah, there's a story about he he saw that happen where they were wow. lynched in the in yeah. a big part of his history when he saw that. 
Yeah, and and that uh, that kind of stuff doesn't get documented anywhere. No, it takes a long, long damn time. If it ever comes out, you know, a lot of people just die with that information. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually doing this thing uh, on NPR around here. It's called Oklahoma Voices, and they had a, uh, and they did during uh, Black History Month, and so I, I learned quite a bit. <laughs> Go NPR. HHS, what else do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, well, I do construction, but I I like I do a lot of his, I I was a history minor, so. Uh huh. Anthropology yeah. major. But look where that got you. Yeah, I know. Right back in construction. I hope you're not paying back any student loans. Oh yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Uh, since you're you're paying back student loans, what do you think about this? Edward Snowden, with a GED, was making two hundred thousand a year. Yeah. Now, shouldn't that piss piss off anybody that's paying back a student loan? Well, what was his specialty? I, what, what did he do? He was a computer guy. He was a computer hacker nutcase type person. I, I can I can say this. I'm I'm in that field. I'm in IT, uh-huh. and a, a, a crack programmer really is like ten times faster than an average programmer. It's like it's like basketball. Like you have these superstars. Right. I mean, ever everyone in the NBA is good, but then you've got these superstars that just stand out. Like yeah, they amazingly, have, and they get paid like ten times as much. It's a profound impact on the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Honestly, it's kind of like that. And I understand. I understand paying him too, but you know what? He was he was working for a private firm that had very little government control because they were a private firm. And mm. look what he did. I don't, I don't know. Some people see him as a hero. I I kind of view him as a as a traitor. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. You are a fascinating person. Because, yeah, that guess, because guess what? The way I feel about the, you know, the government spying, which they've been spying on us for for f-ing years. Everybody act like it's something new. Yeah. We may have new technology, but the spying is gonna gonna stay up with whatever technology we have. So if it's mm-hmm. drones, cameras, surveillance of your media outlets, and it happens all the time. But. <laughs> When you do it and release so much information and then you go run off and you're, you're actually harming the country because people are in jeopardy for their lives because they're spying and doing this all over the, the f-ing planet. Mm-hmm. You're endangering people. You're, you're definitely hurting your country. So, I, I, you know, some people see him as a hero. I don't. For one, I look at it like I'm not doing shit. I'm not doing anything. So the information that my government is going to have on me is is so fucking mundane they wouldn't even want it. <laughs> Dude, I can't about, I can't believe that. You've got at least done some sex trafficking or something fun. <laughs> no, well there were there were there were those <laughs> in Tijuana. <laughs> See, there you go. But did, you didn't blog about that or anything, right? <laughs> no, I, that that's one I kind of kept under my hat. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. But now well I'll have to get all that cut out of the show just cause <laughs> I'm pretty sure this entire thing is being listened to by well, the NSA. No, I'm going straight from the show to the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> Try Canada. I hear they're, you know, they're interesting. Oh, they, got, they, got, interesting they, got, they got trains blowing up in Canada. I can't go up there. <laughs> they got tornadoes now. I don't understand why. That I don't is. understand that either. Yeah. You guys know that those people, those people like vaporized. No, well, what? the explosion was huge. Right. Oh, the train thing. Yeah. 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 Those those people vapor. They they don't know how many it was. It's like still oh, 40 yeah. of them missing. Those people are like off the earth gone. They're not even dust anymore. Wow. God. That's how I want to go. Honestly. Yeah. That sounds flippant. But I want to go. I want to go in a vaporization event. 
No, that's I want right. to fly yeah. in a jet or something and just give me, a, you know. give me a heart attack or something. Give me something there's yeah. a chance of survival. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about how I, how I end it. You know, I, I don't want to end it like painfully. I want to just be vaporized like it. Never mind. I'm not gonna make any nuclear bomb jokes. It's very sensitive <laughs> topic. This <laughs> this this metadata this metadata people are talking about how. The government has it, but like, yeah, but we already hand it over to Google and Yahoo, um, whoever. Yeah. I'm all like, I'm all like tweeting like, I'm at the Del Mar yeah, right, right now. You get to have I'm drunk that. with this hot chick right now. <laughs> right now, I hope my wife's not following my Twitter feed right now. Right, every time you go into a to a store, you know, you you get these these grocery store cards. They're tracking everything like like you're fucking rat to begin with. Right. So so for everyone to be all up in arms like, oh look. He's a hero. Look what he did. They're spying on us, and he let us know. Like, you're a f***ing idiot if you didn't know that already. <laughs> well, I mean, there are a lot of fairly uninformed people in America. I, I mean, Yeah, they're, right? they're all Fox viewers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually data su- to support that, apparently. Uh, yeah, actually, when they, yeah, when they ran that test, they found that Fox viewers dropped down from people who didn't watch news. <laughs> yeah. Like they were the only category of people who were less well informed than people who ignored the news altogether. It's yeah. so just sort of amazing. They they started bending into the, the negative category. <laughs> like it, like we don't ever think we can bring you guys back from your stupidity. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know if there's hope. I no, I'm kidding. I always I always believe in hope. I always believe in dialogue. <laughs> uh, for the record, uh, we're we're all at Tam. There's all these comics around and stuff. What what struck you as you know what what did you see there that really struck you in some way? You know that that kid that did the magic the magic square, right? Right, the mathematician. Right. He was uh he was kind of awesome because I, I I hate math I detest math I, I don't like it at all. <laughs> but for for you know a kid to get up and do that, you know you that that takes amazing brain control, mind control, memorization, whatever technique he used, it was well placed because. You know, there wasn't a, a, a snag in his performance whatsoever, and he did it so quickly, and everyone, you know, it's like, wow, you know, just amazing. That, but that's what Tam is all about, being amazing. So, yeah, I love that. That's that's what stood out to me. And, of course, the guy that stuck his stuck that nail up his nose, the magician. I did see a man eat a light bulb. Did you see the guy that ate yeah, the light bulb? that was the same guy. You didn't see it when he put the, 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 the nine-inch nail, the penny nail up his nose? No, I didn't. I, you know, I was working at I was working the Skeptic Ink table, so I missed a lot. Oh, okay. And we had, we had at the Skeptic Ink table, so I didn't I didn't want to leave. Yeah, good. That was that was also good. It's a, it's a lot of things. I I actually spoke to uh, James Randi. He he stopped me once, and questioned me. Who was this guy that keeps that he keeps seeing? <laughs> I saw him several times, and I let him I let him know who I was. You know, you know, people start asking questions. You get black people walking around. <laughs> Well, it was like you and Mario, and that was it in the whole place. <laughs> Don't tell Tam I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. I always make jokes about you know it's it's a lonely struggle being being a, a African American atheist because you got to come out to people like you gay, you know. Right. You got to tell you know I'm an atheist, and they look at you like oh. <laughs> we got that here with the you know there's a lot of fundamentalism here, so coming out as an atheist. Um, if you grow if you grow up as as a super fundamentalist Baptist or a Mormon, yeah. it's uh it's we got some, it's been pretty rough. Some people their family is still loving and some people not not so much. Well, Steve, you grew up in the Heartland. You grew up in St. Louis, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was forced to go to church. Yeah. 
I mean, you don't you don't you don't question your parents. That's one that's one thing you don't. And of course, they never ask you for your input. <laughs> no. Like, do you feel like do you feel like going to church this morning? You don't, you don't get these kind of questions. It's like, get, boy, get your ass in the car. It's <laughs> about right. But yeah, that's yeah, that's the kind of family you know. I grew up. They baptized me. I didn't even know what what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and they put me under under the water and. At that point, I didn't even know how to hold my breath. I thought they were trying to drown me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was mad. I got. I came up swinging. Uh, well, it is a symbolic death, so I mean, yeah, uh, is that what it is? Then, no, but see, don't, you don't get explained nothing in the African American family when it comes to religion. They just, you just do it. I didn't. It, what is it? A cleansing? I don't know what it. What that whole thing well, is about. If you if you do with the dunking thing, when they do the full dunking, it's buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in, in, in newness of life. It's sort of like you go under, like Christ went into the grave, and then you come up and you're new. Oh, so I've been that's born. The, I've been born again. That's right. That's that's the yeah. It's yeah. It's symbolic of that. I think. I mean, yeah. far be it for me to explain Christianity now. I'm kind of <laughs> kind of out of the loop. You right? were a Baptist. You should know these things. I, I was a good Baptist, man. So tell me, there, Mr. Reinhardt. When did you realize when did you realize religion wasn't really the direction you wanted to move into? Oh, I'm I'm such a late bloomer, man. It was like graduate school for me. I was like in my 20s, like uh-huh. I'd already had already had a degree in science and I still believed it all. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty bad, right? Yeah, that's yeah, bad. that's pretty that's pretty. But this isn't about me, man. This is about you. <laughs> tell, tell me about how how your journey out of faith inquiring, was. Inquiring minds want to know all these things. <laughs> It's 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 good to hear how, how how people have these awakenings, which that wasn't my experience. I knew I knew all along. So to talk because right, you were like you were like eight and you were like, oh yeah, this is crap. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is this is bullshit, and I see why my father don't go to church. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so I'm so jealous. People caught it early. <laughs> yeah, I was like eight, and then I was eight again, and then another eight years, and eventually it all kind of clicked. Yeah, that, that that means you're just gonna have to uh, catch up as fast as you can. <laughs> well, I've been blaspheming as hard as I can, man. Cool. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Now you're headed in the right direction. What's it like uh, in LA being an atheist? You have are you part of a a group or anything or community there? Well, we have uh we have a group called the I think it's the uh, LA Skeptics Skeptics of LA. It's mm-hmm. uh it was uh, formed by Sakivu Hutchinson. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, she came to uh, I went to her book signing and she came to one of my shows uh, a couple of weeks ago. Sweet. And and yeah, she has a group. Of course, it's a small group, but that's you know, that's man. I, I want to man. I, I want to get people. I want to get these numbers up. That's that's what I need to do. But, you know, it's a lonely it's a lonely thing being small, a small minority in a small minority group, <laughs> it's like, woo, you know, you show up and there's like five people there. You guys, you guys don't, I can't, this is like trying to explain the color red to a blind man. You guys will <laughs> never see this. <laughs> we don't, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we don't. If you saw Free Okay, you would see, we don't see this, you know. <laughs> Wait, what, what are you saying, Chaz? You're saying that? You know, it was pretty white. Free, okay. <laughs> I mean, the organizer, was, she's she's African American. It was in, yeah. The, the organizer is an African American woman. Mm-hmm. But um, but you're right. There was yeah, we got to tell, tell the truth. Tell the truth. We've been so brainwashed. <laughs> we have been so brainwashed. It's hard to get people to think 
freely, and, and especially African-Americans, like the ones I grew up with, I see them on Facebook now, and they're like really religious, you know, people mm. that I knew back in the day that were nothing like that, but now they're really religious. As they get older, you know, people become more conservative. Yeah. And it seems like back black people get more conservative, and then they really turn to religion. Well, my so, dad's doing that right now, you know. Yeah, everyone's dad's doing that, man. That's pretty. That's pretty normal. Yeah. Is that? Normal? I, I'm a. F- well, it's well really, I mean, it's it's really bad in the African American community. It's really, really, really bad. I, I gotta tell you, it's the ones that really make a big turnaround that are the worst. They're like they're ripe in your face with it. Oh, it's completely changed their life. You know, like they managed to quit alcohol or right. or you know whatever crack, and now they're just completely high on Jesus all the time. Yeah, like all of a sudden something. Something magic, magical has happened. Some kind of epiphany. He's like, oh, Jesus, where have you been? I can't understand these <laughs> to save my life. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to save some of them. I'm going to pull them out of completely out of slavery, shackles off the bottom of their feet, tell them that there's a, you know, there's a better way for a civilized people to live, which is, which is basically through, through loving each other and loving each other's children. You know, if, if we just love each other's children enough to make sure that they're thoroughly educated, to keep to keep you know keep people on the path where you're more likely to go to college than to go to prison. Did I tell you guys I was a I was a prison guard for ten years? No, you didn't. No, that yeah, didn't come I, out. I worked at two different uh, maximum security prisons here in California. One was CCI, which is California Correctional Institution at Tehachapi, and the other one is California State Prison, Los Angeles County. And one thing as an officer, they teach you is how to be firm, fair, and consistent. Well, you don't really turn into a good officer until you've learned learn that fairness part how to treat everybody fair yeah and equal at the same time even though that they could be locked up for some of the most hideous devious diabolical crimes that you can imagine if you treat every everyone the same which is fair it's much more conducive to having a a cell block that is run in a manner where there is safety and security of the of the institution, which is your main objective as a correctional officer. Now, what can we learn from that as a as an atheist or skeptic community? You can learn you can learn is if we all love each other and treat each other fairly, uh-huh. society would be much better off. And that's coming from an atheist. I think it's good for the secular community. I think we can yeah. learn from that here. Just be consistent toward towards one another. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's, I've seen then, a lot of then, yeah. Then little, Little black teenager just won't be getting shot and killed trying to get home. Oh, like you you brought it all back around. Yeah, you're just you're, you got to bring it back to the most controversial story of the week, which which I piteously haven't spun up on enough to have a proper opinion. It's so embarrassing. Just trying to bright just trying to brighten up your day. You're welcome. Now, now I want to I want to hit you back with some controversy just to just to get back at you. Do you, do you remember the the American atheist sign with the shackles? Boy, you, you, you got me. Could you bring that up? Could you give me a link to that? Could you tweet that to me? I'm going to send you a link right now. Yeah, send, send, send that to me. Did, did Dave Silverman design that one? Well, he doesn't do any graphic design. Okay, God's going to kick his ass. You might yet kick his ass when I show you this. I'll research you and, and, and call you back with an opinion on that. I'll research <laughs> it. I, I would just love to hear what AJ has to say. I really would. Um, I, I, I may have to ask her about it. But not on Twitter because, you know. Uh, yeah. Hey, Chaz. Yeah. Could you do me a favor and put the dog picture back up? You look like <laughs> you look like you just fucking bombed a post office or something. 
It's a it's a realistic depiction of him in his bedroom. <laughs> okay. Oh. Is that an arrow? arrow me on Skype. Hey, don't make fun of us uh, Native Americans, Steve. Don't yeah, do that. What the hell? Can't Seth, do that. You're you're Native. What 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 part? I'm Delaware. Delaware Indian. On yeah. in the tribal roles and everything. He's got a card. Wow. So, so what do you think about uh, what do you think about Mitt Romney wanting people to self deport? What do the, <laughs> I always wonder? What do the Indians think about self deportation? <laughs> it's a great idea. Let's go forward with it. Let's go back to Siberia. Uh, Indians probably wish they had a thought of that shit first. Yeah. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, white boy. That's right. And take all these <laughs> slaves with you. <laughs> I think we, we just we transcended new boundaries of offense right there. That's great. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, man, I feel, I don't know. You feel like a kindred spirit connected to the Indians when you know that they, too, were totally royally f***ed over by, you know, having their, their land taken and all other kind of atrocities. I mean, come on, man. We we got movie footage <laughs> of cowboys always killing Indians. Like that shit was great at some point in a, in American history. So I always, you know, kind of feel sorry for, our, for my Indian brethren, oppressed brothers. One of our best movies is uh, Last Mohicans. How how depressing is that? It's the last yeah. of them. That's, I know, that's the, one of the best movies that features your people. Pretty so much. Just, I don't think there are any uh, Lenny Lenape in that whole movie. Not but, at all. There is at least one Mohican. But they were situated in western North Carolina, which is pretty close to Lenny Lenape. Oh, and they're an Algonquin-speaking people, aren't they? Um, are they in that same language? Pretty group? sure. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Chris, cut that. That's boring. <laughs> No, that's 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 great. That's good. You know, you know something about your own culture, your own heritage. You know, besides picking cotton, shit's <laughs> <laughs> shit's not too exciting. Yeah, I mean, they, did, they didn't like move. us. You know, the only reason they didn't like us as slaves is because we could just get the fuck out of there and go back out into the woods and start making our own food. Right. And live off the land. <laughs> you guys were like, what the hell? We don't know what this area is. I know. We don't know which berries are not poisonous. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we, we, we wound up running right to the to, to some of the Indian tribes and, and either live with them or were slaves for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, sad. they always like to put that in. It's like, well, they must have gotten it from somebody. Well, that's when you realize that, you know, there aren't very many innocent parties back then. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. No, like yeah, the um, the Oklahoma, the five civilized tribes, as they say, uh, were the ones most likely to to hold slaves. Yeah. And to side with the Confederacy out here when Oklahoma was a territory. Yep. Right. Yeah. Interesting, interesting history we have here, don't we? This is uh, this is uh, the least fun I've had with a comic in a while. It's so down. So, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, it's good. It's realistic. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, my my uh, my stage name is the King of Consciousness. Uh, I, I like to kind of elevate the thought process in people. The King Con. In a in a in a humorous way most of the time. Hey man, I watched your clip. It's it was really damn funny. Yeah, yeah, I got some I got some newer ones up. My uh, manager. You, you guys know Tracy Tracy Lockwood? Well, we saw we met her at American. I didn't know that was uh, your manager. Yeah, that's that's my uh, manager. Wait, she she's a, your she, she was she's the attractive redhead with the press pass. Exactly, the the one that looks like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, sure. 
No, that's a, that's a joke we have with her. That's a joke we have. But yeah, yeah, that's that's her. She's a very, very intelligent, strong young lady who very good at handling business. Now, can I ask you, is there a documentary going on? What's going on with that, yes, with the press yes. thing? Yes, she's shooting, She's actually shooting a documentary wow. about her uh, ex, exploits in the world of cults and religion. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh, Tracy has a very, very interesting story. Well, when that comes out, you should come back on here and uh, talk about it. Oh, of course. Yeah. And Tracy, too. Yeah, and we'll Tracy upgrade our photos. You got to keep your 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 followers, your your loyal listeners, and to your webcast. You got to keep them satisfied, because uh, you know you're 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 disseminating information that is critical and essential in the lives of atheists who don't have a very big support system to begin with. Can you read the credits? That's like a yeah. mission statement. Yeah, that That's is like a stuff. mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go with that. That's our new mission. That's right, man. What you just said. Activism, <laughs> activism man. Activism. That's, that's 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 what it all it's all about. If we unite, because I think there's a coalition going on right now. The the I call it the Barack Obama coalition. Smart, intelligent people who overcame racism and everything else to put an intelligent person in the White House to run the country. Because everybody know what Mitt Romney and John McCain, yeah, the yeah. two people he beat, were about. So if we can if we can keep that coalition together. And add more. We can stop out this stupidity like the Tea Party the, or the base of the Republican Party, which are just a bunch of f***ing racist. If you ask me, <laughs> we can. We I'm, can. I'm not going to object on that one. <laughs> we can over overpower them, but we have to vote and we have to stay united. That's one thing I like is that yeah, Barack Obama is uh he's African American. Well, he's like half African American, right? Yeah, probably, I call him Fifty Cent. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he loves that. Well, it's like, yeah, he's that, but he's also an egghead. So, you know, that's two totally. things that Americans are su- supposedly hate that we reelected. Right, right. right. Now, I think, I think out of the decisions, if you're anywhere near prudent, thinking, intelligent person, out of the decisions, Mitt Romney, who is just like this corporate robot, you know, so much money and is so out of touch with the average American. You know, that, that 47% statement wasn't, wasn't an accident. He meant that when he said it mm. he said i don't care about the 47 47 percent of the of the population of the nation how can you be a leader and say that you just really hope that nobody has a has a microphone on i think is what he was going for there <laughs> yeah uh, let me let me ask about the uh, pennsylvania state atheist humanist conference coming up in september sure i'll be there so you'll be there and i believe dave deluca will be there yes and our um our highly esteemed tracy lockwood will be there Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's, those are people that I think I just saw at Tam a second ago. Yep. Will, will you guys be there? <laughs> I don't think I can get clearance to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to. Okay. No, probably not. <laughs> I, Come on, but you guys Brian Fields is going to be there. He's a good guy. I'm trying to think of, like, what I would have to do to earn that. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a great lineup, man. Looks like looks like a good time. David Silverman will be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be an event for sure. Maybe we can uh. Oh, oh, Seth Andrews will be there. Chad, did you know oh, that? Oh no, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, we got someone Seth coming Oklahoma. from Oklahoma. Yeah, he lives in Tulsa. All right. Yeah. Oh, and AJ Johnson is talking there too. No way. I'm excited about this conference that I don't get to go to. That's an excellent conference. We'll have to really publicize oh, that. That's awesome. And and Jimmy LeBay. Wow. Well, good in Pennsylvania. You yeah. guys are more on the skeptic side. Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm an activist for the Oklahoma atheists, so 
Okay. But I like the skeptic world a lot. I mean, I really appreciate what they do and how they think yeah. and approach things. I'm a bit more on the skeptic side myself, but that's not what this show is. Uh, so this is an atheist show. We don't do skepticism. Okay. <laughs> We let it creep in. Yeah, we try to. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it goes kind of hand in hand. I would, I would wish it did, man. I would, yeah. I would really wish it did. But I feel like atheists are all about the, the what, what you get to in the end, and skeptics mm-hmm. are all about process. They're all about how do you get there. It's like how hard do you think, and how do you critically analyze where, you know, where the skeptics don't care where you end up. Skeptics care about how how yeah. evidential you they are in your process. The, yeah, they just want the question to be asked. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, so other than the the blackout secular rally celebration of diversity coming up uh, later this month, and other than the PA uh, Pennsylvania State Atheist Humanist Conference coming up in September, what else you got coming up that's you know within the atheist, agnostic, secular, humanist, freethinker, skeptic tent? Yeah, uh, I'll be doing a thing in Chicago. I think I have something every 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 month. I'll be a some show in the country. I have something coming up in Chicago. Um, trying to remember the name of the group but someone there saw me perform at napcon mm-hmm. in san francisco and they asked me to come up and do a show in chicago and i can't think of the name of the group but uh i i will uh send you guys a link to it i think yeah. they're setting up the setting up the show setting up the presentation that they're having but i know i've been asked to perform there and then after that you know cfi the center for Ari, yeah that would be the J- james underdown group yeah yeah. 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 They're they're having a uh, a big conference up in Washington State, and I oh. think I may be performing there also. And you guys know you guys know Dusty Smith, right? I don't know. You guys don't know the Cult of Dusty? Oh, oh yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's that's my buddy. He'll be in San Diego on August uh, August third, and I will be uh, I'm a uh, setting up a show now with my manager to perform uh, either on August 3rd or 4th in San Diego to uh, kind of extend that conference a little bit. But yeah, you, you, you guys got to, uh, you guys ought to have Dusty on the show, man. Okay. You're right. We should. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hook us okay. up. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you having you on. Yeah, seriously. Nope. Giving us been... all your time. Took an hour and a half of your day. It's been great. Hey, no problem, man. Glad to be on with you guys, man. You guys, I, I, I want, I want atheists to, to Rule the world. I think it'll be a better world. I like your world. We'll have. We should have you on again, man. We had a, had a really good time. Yeah, it was. It was great. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, you, you gentlemen, have a good evening. Take care of. Take care of your family. Love each other. Take care of each other. And I shall talk to you soon. Do the same. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Keep, All right. We'll you keep up you. the good work. All right, brothers. Later. Thank you. Right. Bye. The Oklahoma Atheist Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www. OklahomaAtheist.com. The music for today's show is from the song God is Dead by Jaron Lake and is reproduced here under a Creative Commons license. 
Jared's Music and the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast are hosted courtesy of the Internet Archives Community Audio Collection. Available at www.archive.org. To join discussion about the ideas presented in today's show, please visit our blog at blog.oklahomaatheists.com.